I got a sermon tonight. We start a new series tonight called We the Church. I'm so excited for this series. I want to let you know something real quick. Let me know. Let me let you know what this series is about. This series is about the church, obviously. No. We're teaching four weeks about the church. And here's the thing. A lot of us know how, how the church works, what we do in the church. A lot of times we don't know why the church is even an organization, why the church is e even alive today. Listen, the church is alive. The church is well. You know why? Because we're a reflection of Jesus. Jesus is alive. Jesus is well. Jesus is moving. Man, tonight, the sermon title, I want you to write it down. First week and We the Church. It's super simple. You can't miss it. Tonight's sermon title is The Church of Jesus. That's who we are. That's who we are. The Church of Jesus. Man, if you don't like, if you don't like taking notes in class, man, you got to learn to take notes in church. Because church, uh, church notes are the best notes. Amen? Come on. I don't know about cliff notes. Man, church notes are the best notes. Kind of like they, they come back to you. And you look, anybody got a notebook that just, they just rock with? I really love seeing Friday, you know, some, a lot of you girls have really nice notebooks, you know. I need to get one of those. Amen. The church of Jesus. Man, have you ever, have you ever been like, man, I, I don't get why we did that. I, and as a church, listen, as a church, we really care about those who are, are so far gone. The Bible talks about a parable of a man that was a shepherd. He, he had 99 sheep. He lost one. He ditched the 99 found to search for the one that got lost. And, and they kind of paraphrase and say, listen, that's God's love for you. Yeah, he has some found sheep, but listen, he's always thinking about the lost. He's, his heart beats for the lost. I mean, he, he's the God that waits at the porch for those to turn around and get converted. Like, that's the God we serve. And, 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 and that's the church that we are. You see, I don't want you to get it twisted. We're not a different type of church. We're the church of Jesus. We're not just a new church plant, three years old, three campuses. We are the church of Jesus. And there are some things, some characteristics of the church that we, that we have that actually in line with who Jesus is. And that's what tonight's all about. Let me give you the first point tonight, man. I want you to write down, Jesus is in love with the church. I got to tell you, Jesus loves you. And he really loves his church. And if you are in the church, man, you get double love. Just kidding. That's bad theology. He loves you. He's in love with the church. He, he's, he's infatuated with the church. He created the church. You know that? He had 12 dudes. He bottles. He had, I'll translate. He had 12 homies. You know what I'm saying? 12 homies. Called the disciples. These are terrible people, I'll tell you that much. They, they, they had terrible tongues. Thomas was always doubting, right? Peter, you know about Peter. He, he, he did some, he's dirty. His disciples weren't the best people. So if you're not the best person, Jesus wants you to be your friend. He had 12 dudes, right? And, and this is awesome because as, as, as a disciple, you kind of just know Jesus really personally. You kind of know how he works, how he talks. And a lot of us sometimes are like, man, I wish I was a disciple, you know, just hang out with Jesus, be with Jesus. You don't wish you were a disciple. We have grace. We have the Holy Spirit, y'all. It's where we believe that the Jesus beside me has no comparison to the spirit that he put inside me. The spirit inside me is much better than Jesus beside me. That's another sermon. But, but he's always with these dudes, right, these, these, these regular dudes. And he, he's pushing them, and he's leading them, and he's kind of painting this picture like this. Like, he throws it to him. He says, listen, I'm only going to be here for a moment. I got to go. 
And they're like, what are you doing? I thought you were, I thought you were the son of God. I thought you were going to establish a kingdom. He said, yeah, I'm going to establish a kingdom, but, but it's a kingdom that's unseen. You, you, you haven't seen it yet. You don't know what it's about. And, and he paints this picture to them, like, like I want you guys to do something, and I, and I kind of want to help you from afar. But, but, but don't think that my presence is gone. I'm sending my Holy Spirit to be with you. And he's, he gives his, his, his 12 homies, come on, imperfect people, come on, bad people. Like they, they jacked up, but they believe in Jesus. They believe in his power. They've seen his miracles firsthand. They see him, come on, heal blind eyes, raise people from the dead. Come on, they've been through it all, y'all. And, 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 and they, get this, they get this mission. Come on, they call it the Great Commission. Go and make disciples and baptize them. I want you to establish a body of believers. I want you to organize a church. You see, Jesus is in love with the church because he's the founder of the church. He, 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 that's his heart for the world, is that people may come and know him and have a body of believers that's going to lift him up. Man, if there's one thing I want for you at our church, it's to find a body of believers. Some brothers and sisters are going to walk with you. We're here to talk with you. We're here to hang with you. Tonight, we're going to go out to eat. We're going to hang out tonight. We're going to hang out with you. It's all about community. You think, you think your relationship with Jesus is supposed to be done alone? It's supposed to do it with other people. The Bible says, as iron sharpens iron, so shall one man sharpen another. You're not called to love Jesus and believe in him by yourself. You're called to do it in community. See, Jesus is in love with the church. Let me, let me prove it to you. Matthew chapter 9, verses 14 and 15. I believe it's on the screens. Then the disciples of John came to him, and they said this. Why do we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? So they try to put Jesus in a corner. And usually, if you read the New Testament, you see a lot of times the religious leaders don't believe Jesus is the Son of God. They're like, this is unbiblical. This is crazy. You're way too humble. You're way too, like, I don't get you. You're not who you say you are. You're not the Son of God. They're actually the people that organized him being killed. Pharisees. So many times in Scripture, especially in the New Testament, they try to corner him. They try to give him a question that he can't answer. And I love Jesus because he's kind of like that annoying friend that answers your question with another question. <laughs> Where are we going today? I don't know. Are you hungry? <laughs> we just wasted time. Thank you. Thank you for that. He, Look what he says. Why do, we, why do we fast, us Pharisees, right? And fasting is putting something on pause and putting Jesus on play. You can fast your boyfriend. You can fast your girlfriend. You can fast Netflix. You can fast food. You can fast anything. It's just it's putting something on pause that's taking too much time and putting Jesus on play. Something made somebody laugh. Why, why, do, we, why do we Pharisees fast, but your disciples aren't fasting? You, you see, people point towards you know, actions. Why, why aren't they acting like believers? Because we're fasting and they're not fasting. Jesus said to them, the attendance of the bridegroom. So, so in this literature, uh, they didn't say groom. They said bridegroom. Um, so in the context of this day and age, the word is just groom instead of bridegroom. Groom is the term, you know, when someone gets Someone gets like, you know, an engagement happens and you have, you know, a wedding's about to happen. You have the bride and you have the groom. You guys here tonight? So if you ever want to get married, that's how it happens. You get, you have the bride and the groom. So, so Jesus starts talking about weddings. And they're like, you ain't get the question. Why aren't your 12 homies, those ratchet people, why aren't they fasting? Because we're fasting. Jesus says, go back to the last verse. He says in verse 14, the attendance of the groom, in other words, the, 
the, the disciples of Jesus, you see the analogy? The attendants of the groom, the disciples of Jesus, next verse, the attendants of the groom can't mourn as long as the groom is with them, can they? So he's saying, listen, you, you're, talking, you're talking too quick. When, when you look at a, at a wedding, you see, you, see, you see a groom, the people who serve the groom, the, the attendants of the groom, my disciples, listen, they're not mourning. They're, they're not going crazy. They're not seeking after me because I'm right next to them. In other words, he's telling the Pharisees, listen, you're fasting for a God that's right in front of you. They don't fast yet because I'm still right here. Let's keep reading. Can they, can they mourn as long as the groom is with them? They can't mourn. But the day will come when the groom is taken away from them, a.k.a. Easter. There will come a day when I will leave. And guess what? And then they will fast. So he, he, he could have just said, listen, dog, I, I got this, all right? Don't talk about my homies like that. I know one of them was a little ratchet. I know one of them got a little crazy. I look, they're crazy, all right? I know they're not fasting. I know they're not praying. I know they're not where they're supposed to be, but I believe in them. I have purpose for them, and I'm still with them. Stop judging the people that I've called. Stop judging my son. Stop judging them. You see, we're not a house of judgment. We're a house of commitment. We're not a house of pointing. We're a house of believing. So, man, if, if you got some things wrong with you, you're in the right place. Welcome home. Because we're all, welcome to the club, I should say. And, and I love that. Jesus paints a picture of a bride and a groom, he answered the question with a question, and he brings an analogy of a bride and a groom. Man, I cannot wait to get married. Who, who can't wait to get married? It's half the room. We need, we need a deliverance conference. From all the bad times someone said they loved you, all those. I had to take a sip to that. How many of you guys want to get married? Who wants to commit themselves? To, wow. There we go. Can't wait for that. My girlfriend, where's she at? These lights. The lights. Man, I can't wait to get married. I can't wait. Can't wait to travel. You know what I, you know what I really can't wait for? You know what I really can't wait for? I, I can't wait for the wedding day. When I see her with a veil, huge veil, I'm going to melt like hotcakes. I'm just going to, I'll probably drop dead right there. Oh, my God. Probably die. Man, I can't wait for my wedding. You know why I can't wait? Because I love my girlfriend. Man, I love her. I'm going to preach this right. I got one chance. I love her. What makes a wedding so awesome is that I am literally preparing the way for a lifetime commitment. I'm literally preparing the way. Come on. There's a veil that is removed. Do you know that Jesus tore the veil when he died for you? Did you know that? The veil is torn. He's so in love with you. When the veil torn, he said, let's go, baby. Let's get it on. Just kidding. Whoa, 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 I know, I know, I know, I know. How could you say that? How, how, could, you, how could you do that? How, how could you do that right there? How can you, how can you make this weird? Like, why, why does it feel weird that Jesus, listen, Jesus loves you past all the awkwardness. Jesus loves you past all the weird. Jesus loves you past all of that. You know, isn't it uncomfortable when someone loves you and you don't know it? That's so uncomfortable sometimes. I love you. You're weird. I don't know you. 
I'm calling the cops. Man, listen, listen. If there's one person you shouldn't be afraid of loving you, it's Jesus. He is so in love with you. He wants the best for you. And you know what he does? He says, listen, before I go, I know I'm going to tear your, your timeline in half before me. And everything after me is going to be labeled like that. I, I know I'm going to split your timeline. I know I'm going to tear the veil. I know I'm going to do. A, I'm going to disappear. I'm going to just go away, but I'm going to show everyone the holes in my hands. I know I got a miracle. I know I got a mission. But listen, before I do anything, I'm going to prepare my attendants for the wedding. I'm going to make them build the church. I'm going to have them install the church into the world so that in 2018, on Friday the 13th, that was a little weird. <laughs> in 2018, Friday the 13th, someone could say yes to me. That's, 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 why, that's why I'm doing this thing. I, I, I don't want to just be a hype. I want something to last beyond me. Imagine Jesus. Jesus, I don't want to just die and not be everything. I want my body of believers to gather, to come on, do communion, to pray, to worship. You think we come to Friday because we're bored? You think we set all these, guys, we set this all up for you, by the way. All the seat you're sitting, someone set it up for tonight. We're a portable church. You think we do all this for kicks and giggles? No, no, no. We, we, we got a mission. God has called us to reach the lost. God said, listen, do, do not be timid. Be, be, be courageous. And reach after those who are so far from you. Man, Jesus is in love with the church. He's so in love with you. It's, it's crazy. And, and then you meet people, right, that are like, listen, I received Jesus' love. I know, I know. I love Jesus. I just don't love church. I, I know what Jesus did. I know his story. I learned it. I know. I heard it. I go Easter every year. I know the Christmas story. I, I saw 30,000 plays. I've seen it happen a, a bunch of times. I even saw the modern version of it on TV. They did a new version of the story. It's amazing. It's awesome. I know it. I just don't like the church. I like Jesus. Don't like the church. I love Jesus. Don't love Christians. Hypocrites. Man, I don't love them. I love Jesus. I don't love the church. But, man, I don't know about you. It's hard to love a husband and not his wife. Because the Bible says when you get married, you're one flesh. You become one. And it's impossible to love a bride and to despise a groom. And it's impossible to, to love Jesus and not love his church. That's what he came to do. He came to build the church. He came to establish the church. And if he loves you, guess what? The church has to love you. Man, if Jesus has open arms, man, the church, we have open arms. Man, if Jesus gave grace to people, man, we're going to keep giving grace to people. If you're coming and smelling like Dolce & Gabbana or if you're coming and smelling like smoke, we love you. We're here for you. There's a purpose for your life. Welcome home because we're the church of Jesus. That's what we came to do. Jesus didn't come to sing kumbaya around a campfire. Man, Jesus came to seek and save the lost. Number one, Jesus... Loves the church. Number two, Jesus is the head of the church. Ephesians 5, 21 through 29. I don't know if we have it. I'm going to read it to you. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 21 and 29. I'm going to start at 24. Now as the church submits themselves to Christ, 
so also wives should submit to sub, submit. Wow, that was hard. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit their themselves and everything to their husbands. Verse 25. Husbands, don't get it twisted. You must love your wives. As, as, just as Christ loved the church. You got to love, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Verse 26. Why did he give himself up for her? To make her holy, cleansing her by washing her with water through the word. Verse 27. And to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish but holiness and blamelessness. 28. In the same way. Husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Verse 29, after all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church. No one ever hated themselves, hates their own body. What is he doing? He's saying people are going to try to disconnect me from the church. I'm not disconnected from the church. Me and the church are one. People are going to try to separate us. No, no, you can't separate one flesh. You can't break us apart. In the beginning of this narrative, he says, listen, I want husbands, give yourselves up to your wives just as the church has received Jesus. Jesus is the head of this church. I had to tell somebody that. You think you're serving under my leadership? I'm sorry, you're serving under the leadership of Jesus. Someone told me, I miss church. Sorry about that. Don't apologize to me. I'm not going to tally you off. I'm not going to, you know, say, hey, yeah, yo, Jesus, yo, this person. I'm not the head of the church. God's the head of this church. P PG, Pastor Gabby, he's, he's the lead pastor. My dad, man, founded this thing. He's not the head of this church. Jesus is the head of this church. And only the head can make decisions, can make rules, can, make, can point us in a direction that's going to lead us. And, and I had to, man, you're not accountable to me. I got to tell you, you're not accountable to me. You're accountable to Jesus. You're not accountable to, to this. You're, you're accountable to, to him. And, and man, we, us as the church, I got to tell you, man, Jesus is the head of this church. If, if Jesus loves sinners, man, we love sinners. If Jesus went out of his way for those who are lost, we're going to go out of our way for those who are lost. If Jesus was criticized, let me warn you, Christian, you're going to be criticized. If Jesus was literally persecuted for who he was, you will, too, see persecution for who you are, but be of good cheer because Jesus is with us, man, and he believes in the church. He empowers the church. He gives us gifts and talents to, to bring them out in the church. Man, he, he challenges us and says, listen, did, is this light, is it really true? Because if it is, it's supposed to shine through you. Are you reaching people? Are you bringing people to the house of God? Did this gospel stop with you? Are you a spiritual lake or are you a river? Is it flowing through you? Are people receiving Jesus? Man, when people see you as the church, because listen, the church isn't four walls. You are the church. You are the church. We learned that as a portable church. It's not where we go. It's, it's who we are. Jesus is the head of the church. And we don't promote people. We promote Jesus. My third point tonight, listen, Jesus is the light of the church. He's the light. He's the light of the church. Man, Pastor, I'm having a hard time being light. I can't tell you how many meetings. Pastor, I'm having a hard time just really trying out this Christian thing. It's getting, it's getting difficult. I'm really trying to, to stir this, this light up inside of me. I, 
I've been really trying to spark. You ever seen someone like make a campfire? Has anyone successfully made a campfire with like no matches or uh, a lighter? Success, like successfully with like the twigs and that's hard. I tried it once. Someone just get the torch, bro. Come on, <laughs> light this thing up. <laughs> get the campfire on right now. How many times do we, we try to stir up the light within us? Come on, Jesus is the light of the church, meaning he's the light of your life, meaning he wants to bring light into dark places, meaning, listen, the light has nothing to do with you. You see, so many times the believers, we think that we're being great people because we're creating light. We think we, cre we could create goodness out of us. We think sometimes we could create peace out of us. We think sometimes we could create healing out of us. We think sometimes we can create stuff out of us. Listen, how can someone sick give someone healing off their own strength, off their own power? Listen, I'm going to tell you something tonight. I am not perfect, but through the power of God, I can lay hands on you, and you can be healed 100% of that cancer. I am not God. I am not all-sufficient, I'm not all-powerful, but because I have faith in Jesus, come on, if we're going to lay hands on someone, I believe right there in everything you need, Jesus can give it to you. I want to tell you something, not because of who I am. People come to church, pastor, lay hands on me, pastor, lay hands on me. I'm like, church, lay hands on them. We are a royal priesthood. I am not above you. I am next to you. I am not higher than you. I'm not closer to God than you are. Jesus is for you, not for pastors. He's for you. He's for us. And listen, Jesus is the light of the church. People think they have to create that. People stop. They, they come to Christ. They get saved. They join leadership. Man, internship's going to be awesome this summer. They'll probably be interns. Listen, if there's one thing you need to catch is that you're not called to create your own light. You're called to be transparent. Let me read to you. Matthew 5, verses 14 to 16. You are the light of the world. Who? You are. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and, and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. Verse 16, in the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Listen to me, church. Jesus calls you not to light, but to transparency. And I don't want you to miss that up. A lot of us, sometimes we, we think we have to create the light within us. i got to create the good stuff. i got to create the, the peace. Listen, that is fruit of the spirit. That's not an organic growing of, of fruit. Listen, how can someone dead bring themselves back to life? It is through the power of Jesus Christ that you are even saved, that you are even here tonight, that you even have breath in your lungs. It's the power of Jesus Christ. Now, listen to me. If you are going to be the church, you got to be transparent. You got to let the light shine through you. Man, if I had a laser and I shine it through this bottle, it'll make it through the bottle. It, it'll let's go right through it. Why? Because this is transparent. This is available. This is honest. God, you know, you don't come to God with yourself altogether. You come to Jesus empty sometimes. You come to Jesus with nothing left. You come to Jesus hurt. You come to Jesus dirty broken, sinful. You know what he does? He says, listen, just confess you're a sinner. Receive me, and I'll wipe the clean away. I'll wipe your sin away. I'll wipe you clean. 
Now, what does that mean? If I'm clean, if I'm pure, if I'm transparent, the light of Jesus can shine through me. I can't tell you how many Christians I see trying to light themselves up. Lord, just use me, use me, use me. I'm like, man, you can't create your own light. You have to let the light shine through you. You have to remove what's in you, the ugly. You got to confess. You got to repent. You got to give yourself up to Jesus. And it is in that moment, it's in that, it's in that, that place in life that, that, that God's light just begin to shine right through you. I want to do that with piano. It just sounds way better. Let's do it. Ready? When you're transparent, the light of Jesus will just shine right through you. Let's try it again. Let's try it again. Thank you. If you're transparent, the light of Jesus will shine right through you. I, just got, I got your attention again. Because I'm losing it. Because I'm not talking about crazy stories. Maybe we're not throwing videos and visuals. Listen, we are the church of Jesus. I don't care if I'm basic tonight. Jesus calls us not to light but to transparency. Let me talk to you about a man named Levi in the Bible. And in the Bible, they put this moment, they call it, Jesus calls Levi and eats with sinners. That's the name of this reading. Jesus calls Levi and eats with sinners. Let me read to you. You're Jesus, the head of this church. Let me read to you what he does. Let me read to you who he is. I don't think we have it. It says this. Book of Matthew. It says, after this, Jesus went out. He saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Jesus looks at Levi. He says, listen, follow me. Jesus said to him. Levi got up. He left everything and he followed. I'm going to stop right here. Listen, that's what salvation looks a lot like. You were on your way to sin. You were on your way doing whatever you wanted to do. You were leading yourself. Come on, you were just going with the flow. What am I going to do today? What am I going to do tomorrow? Listen, when Jesus taps you on the shoulder, when Jesus introduces himself, listen, you say, I accept. You drop everything and you follow him. I have my own way. I had my own measure. I have my own focus. I have my own purpose. I have my own step. But when I met Jesus, I dropped everything and followed him. So Levi did. Levi got up. He left everything and followed Jesus. Verse 29. Levi then threw a party for Jesus at his house. And a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. Let me tell you who Levi was. Listen, Levi was a tax collector. You're like, whoa. Listen, you know what a tax collector was? See, back in the day, King Caesar would request money from people. You had to pay your taxes. Taxes isn't something that's new. Taxes have been happening for a long time. Tax collectors would go to people and say, Caesar wants 12% of all your earnings. Caesar wants 15%. They would throw crazy numbers, right? So if Caesar asked for 7% of everything you, you kind of made that, that week or that month, tax collectors would go, that. it's 7 Listen, we need 10%. And you couldn't do anything as, as a citizen. You got to trust the tax collectors, right? They take the ten that was supposed to be seven, and they put in their pocket that three, that remaining three percent. So, 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 listen. You know what was the reputation of tax collectors? Deceiving people. They, they were thieves. They were hated. When you see tax collectors in the New Testament, I want you to see dirty people. People who are just robbing like crazy, and they're they're open about it. I mean, what are you going to do? They have authority. They have authority from Caesar to do that, to collect. 
and they would show up and they'd ask and they'd rob. And then they, they really were, man, really, 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 really jacked up. There's thieves, thieves, thieves. And I love Jesus. Why? Because he goes to Levi, a tax collector, a deceiver, a thief. He says, listen, follow me. Let's go. Follow me. So Levi says, oh, my God, yes, I'll follow you. He drops everything. He leaves his booth. He runs out. And he's like, yo, I'm going to throw Jesus tonight, 7 o'clock. I'm throwing a party for you. Have all my tax collector friends come out. You know what Jesus said? Oh, my gosh, no, not too many sinners, no. Oh, please, no. Not an environment where there aren't any believers. But no, he says, listen, let's go. Throw that party. I'm pulling up with the Holy Spirit. That's the context. Levi was a bad guy, and he had a lot of bad friends. So he throws a party for Jesus in a house. At his house, a lot of tax collectors, they show up. They were eating with them. I love this. The Pharisees, same dudes. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples. And he said, listen, why, are you with Jesus? why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? I, I don't get it. How, how, how can you be so holy and be with someone who's so dirty? How can you be the son of God and be hanging in, a, in an environment like this? How can you truly be the light of the world if you're in such a dark area? How can you truly be for transformation when you're all around darkness? You're all around bondage. You're all around bad people. I love what Jesus says. Jesus says in verse 31, he said, listen, it is not the healthy that need a doctor but the sick i have not come to call on righteous people i have come to call sinners into repentance Woo. man if you ever messed up welcome to church man if you have a past woo, we love you here we accept you here not because we're new birth, because we're a church plant. No, no, no. Because we're the church of Jesus. That's why we love you. That's why we care for you. That's why we put on services every Friday night at 8.30 to build the body of believers. That's why we set up drums and we set up cables and we set up lights so that you can bring a friend into an environment where they feel like Jesus is at the door. Why do we have people outside hugging you? Because we want to show you the love of Jesus. Why do we worship a king that no one can see? We're worshiping Jesus Christ. Why do we lift our hands? Why do we pray? Man, we're praying to Jesus who is alive and well. Why do sometimes in church, man, I feel goosebumps. I feel that inside of me. I don't know what it is. I can't explain. Listen, that is the Holy Spirit, the promise of Jesus to the earth. And he says, listen, if you would just confess with your mouth and believe with your heart, this spirit I'm speaking of, the spirit of all knowledge and truth, the spirit of all grace and love will just come over you. He'll just overthrow you. He will just come all over. He will just rip you apart. Man, he will just infect you with his love. I'm sorry I'm aggressive. Man, we're the church of Jesus. A church that has power because we come not in the name of anyone but Jesus. The church cannot be shaken. A church that cannot be stopped. If you ever, if you met someone who's prideful in the church, man, listen, the church goes on. The church goes on. See, sometimes in the church, there could be some pride. There could be some pride in the church. 
I'm too good to worship. I'm too good to lift my hands. Oh, I'm too good for that. You're good for nothing. If we're too good for anything, you're good for nothing. Jesus is in this place. Jesus is in this house. Come on, if Jesus was here in person, would you really be the worship Frisbees? Really? Would you just be so excited to meet the groom? Come on, the bride is happy.